Let's get into this. Boys, episode one. Dubbies and Dragons. Everybody, welcome to episode one of Dubbies and Dragons, the podcast. This is a podcast that we thought of for a very long time, like a whole week. It, it was, it was also, like two, okay. It was like two weeks. All right. He is also a very loose term because it was mostly Dale. And then I was like, I'll write shit down on a napkin because that's how scuffed this is going to be. So, yeah. hello. Yeah. But basically, for you, those of you who don't know, I'm Dale or Kid is 7K. And I just thought it would be fun, guys, to first and foremost say what you're drinking. That's a great uh, and, and and introduce introduce yourself for people who may maybe not uh, don't necessarily know who so we are. To, to start, I'll go ahead and start this one since I, I am technically the one that's we'll hosting this one. Uh, uh, I am Dale or Kid Seven K for those of you who don't, don't know, yeah. and uh, I like to party. No, <laughs> I I play uh, the dungeon master in our current campaign, and in our long term two year campaign that we've been playing. I play Ebo Water Runner the Monk. Alrighty. And I am drinking this, which is called Mana Potion. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. And it is blue carousel, cranberry juice, lime juice, a little bit of Sprite, and some pineapple vodka. I'm gonna give you a, a round of applause for that one. That sounds like it's gonna slap. Like it really does. I haven't tried it yet, but I'm very excited. All right, I'll go ahead and, and take second chair here. Uh, my name is Keanu, uh, uh, aka the Boozy Bumbler, or just Boozy Bumbler everywhere. Um, I am currently playing in our current micro campaign. I'm playing as a character named Bulby, who's a warlock, and and uh, our main campaign, I play Quill, who's a cleric. Um, I have a lot of fun playing both of them. It's super cool. Uh, today I'm drinking, I, I even adorned this just for you guys. I'm drinking the Black Dragon's Bite. Um, this is some blackberries. We've got some uh, lime juice fresh squeezed in here. Uh, there is some bourbon. I used a cherry bourbon, but you could also use like bourbon and, um, a little bit of, uh, grenadine. Um, and then it is filled with Guinness, so with a little little adornment here, representing the acid breath from your black dragon. And what about you, Nick? Oh, hi, I'm Nick. Oh, hi. <laughs> um, I uh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> See, this is this is why I was, uh, fuck. <laughs> I'm not even drunk. That's the scary part. I'm just now I'm on the spot. Uh, I I'm Nick. I uh, am in our current micro campaign playing Raphael the Forsaken, a human fighter, and in our uh, main long term campaign that has been going for just over two and a half years. I am the DM uh, and creator of the homebrew campaign that we are running. Um. I am drinking a drink I made myself and named it myself. I nicknamed it Orcish Grog. It's an IPA, and I poured a bunch of whiskey into it. <laughs> it works. So, so Nick, I want you to uh, I'm put you on the spot once again. I want you to just give a just a brief. I know I know that you you can be very long winded when it comes to D and D. I want you to give 
the briefest possible description that you can, but like make it informative of what we've been doing for the past two years in your campaign. Oh, okay. The, o- the overarching story. Got it. There's a bad guy and they're trying their best. <laughs> it's true. It's true. We, him, killed a couple, we killed a couple <laughs> dragons. Um, um, me, me and Yonu have both died. Um, okay, so you want, like, a, like you, a, well, I'm going to be giving an, a, a more uh, long-winded version of this, of the, the, the recap. Uh, actually, and since we're here, September 15th is the official date of return to the, um, the long-term main campaign that we've been playing for over two and a half years, hopefully to finish up uh, within the next six, six months to a year. We're like two-thirds of the way through it? Sure. We can say that. Who fucking knows at this point? Um, it's not like I'm DMing. <laughs> Fair. Anyways, uh, so, so um, the we actually had, and we had three people start, and Dale it was the last one to join. And we end up with a, four, a party of four. Um, the overarching campaign at this point, where it is, is that they are ultimately fighting an unknown. Uh, Big Bad Evil Guy, or BBEG, as the most shorthands will know it, and attempting to delay something. They're not entirely certain what it is, but they had their adventure has taken them all across my homebrew world called Nelstra. They've gone and darted back and forth from the top reaches um, of the uh, Indulin <clears throat> Empire, or sorry, not Empire, the Indulin uh, countryside, all the way down to the Elven Kulindras. So uh, the campaign itself, I don't, I uh, don't want to give a great summary or too long-winded summary, yeah. but um, it is pretty interesting in my opinion. I also wrote it and I'm DMing it, so I'm biased as shit. And so I wouldn't, but uh, it is a good time. We do, we are streaming it, and we'll be coming back with it and to get a full breadth of the campaign um, and a, a very heavy explanation into where it started and where we are now. Um, that'd be September 15th. I'm excited, man. Very, very excited. Um, I never thought I'd say this. I'm super pumped to be DMing again. <laughs> well, I do have to say, though, uh, I, I'm having a blast in the in the micro campaign that Dale's DMing. Um, I am as well. I really like uh, Bulby as a character, and like I get lost in him really easily. Like, uh, But it, it will feel good to like come back to Quill and play somebody a little more reserved. I think it's going to be good to see like the full climax of the story and then like how it's going to end. Like it's, it's something that we've been playing for so fucking long that it's just like, it's going to feel uh, hopefully, hopefully if it ends on the way that, that it like that you have in mind, hopefully it ends on a way that is like satisfying, not only to you as a DM, because you have to tell your story, but like us as players, you know, but you know, it's always, it it goes with the, the luck of the dice. Really? Um, but I have some big shoes to fill. It's big kind of, shoes. Yeah, yeah. I have a lot of. I made some. Pro, I made some promises to some people that I probably oh, keep, yes. won't be able to keep. So, but we're gonna well, try. We're gonna do some things. Look, man, we've all let our dads down. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, fuck you guys. That was funny. I mean, right? I just Dad didn't relate to the joke. Oh yeah. <laughs> God damn it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like hot fudge Sundays? <laughs> Still hot out there? <laughs>
<laughs> um, so, no, I'm I'm excited for the climax. I don't want to give anything away, but um, what I do want to say is this: this is something that is a culmination of literal years of work, and I'm excited that you guys are excited. Like it makes me happy that is a story is the story I want to tell in the in the events that are occurring. You guys still want to come back to week after week. Tell you and what, I I love Patty. Like the 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 past five or six weeks that we've been playing, yeah. Um, right. I've I've loved his RP, and I loved I've loved what he's done with his character, and I've loved just being able to fuck with his character left and right. But it's like it's gonna feel so good to have John and Nate back as well. Yeah, because because. Even though we started like finding our place in this micro campaign, it hasn't been long enough to really, really like solidify a place. And like we've been playing for so long in our actual campaign in your campaign, Nick, that it's like everything just flows so perfectly. The R from the RP to the combat to just everything. You know, it's like we we don't just know each other's characters, but we like we we know how each other plays as players. Well, and like to 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 capitalize on that too is we all it's it's like I, I i would equate it to us all being in a band it's the same vein being in a band and working together with other people just makes you want to be better you guys have pushed me to be a better dm and to put more effort forth and to really bust my ass to to provide <laughs> i just want to be good for you i just want to make it He's sweet trying to give tender. us that quality I, content I, over here <laughs> i just need you guys that quality content and you, but you guys bring the like when you guys like the thing that really shook me to my core and I, I won't go too too in depth in it, but it was what really shook me is when we when we introduced Ebo and we had this heavy RP moment over uh over uh, Calcril, um, which is a is uh, an orcish mage um, that was killed. He's actually a friend of the party for over a year, and it hit it hit everybody and the and the RP that everybody put out, the amount of effort people poured into their characters at the time, it was awesome. It was it was so cool. It's 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 like it's like we're making sweet passion of love and our energies are magic. <laughs> here's the here's the nice. thing is that well here's the thing is that that wasn't just RP. I mean it was it was a character that not so much me because I was just coming in, but everybody knew and loved. They they thought of it as an actual like friend, you know, and this was a real person at this point. Because when it, when we when we're playing Dungeons and Dragons. You know, all of the all of the real world fades into the background, and this fantasy realm that we're building is our real world now. Right, I would agree with that. Like, like when Calcrill, you know, died, like it it genuinely felt awful because, like, you know, it's something that we we could have avoided, you know, and it was like something that it felt very personal um, because it has been somebody that we had worked with like for so long. So, like, it, I I don't know, I I felt it like. I know that uh, Nate and John felt the same way, but. Well, I have been loving DMing. I mean, it's, it's one of my favorite things in the whole wide world to do. Just being able to just fuck my friends over left and right is the best feeling in the world. <laughs> no, 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 but really, these little tiny stories that I'm able to tell, even, even on one shots or like a micro campaign, something that lasts eight or nine weeks only, is like, I just get to... to, to dip my toes in and and show you guys a piece of this world that i have built you know and i've been building for so long now and i'm just sharing little pieces and the cool thing about it um without like meta because you guys are still playing but like things that you see in this micro campaign and things that you see in these one shots that i've built in tordulan which is my which is my world is things that are going to be reoccurring in 
the actual long campaign once we once we start that. Hmm. That's interesting. Even though you guys will be playing different characters, it'll be a different time. You're going to see things pop up again. So, but with that being said, I want to talk this, this whole podcast, especially episode one, I, I thought it would be a good idea of talking about just like an intro to D&D, our intro into D&D and like tips and tricks on how um, new players who have never played D&D could get started on it. And players who have thought about it for a long time, they watch D&D campaigns on Twitch or on YouTube. Um, and they, they, all they want to do is they want to find a group to do it, how they, can, how they can do that and how, like, what, what to look for in a group. Because you can't just, anybody, anybody can go online and say, hey, I'm looking for a D&D group and then join up. But, like, there, there, there has to be that, at least in my opinion, there has to be some kind of, um, you gotta match that energy, baby. Yeah, it's gotta be. You have to, you have, to have you chemistry. Have to you have to have chemistry with the people you're playing with. Um, so like, or at least you have to be a little open minded and like flexible enough to, you know, I, I don't know. Like, you can't just like come in and and think that like the way that you're gonna you know play your character is gonna be like you know crazy. Like, I have to be stuck in this very thing. Like, well, I don't know. Like. Well, let, let's pull back on this and then let's do the in, let's get in into the, the nitty gritty here in a second. Let's just do like the little intros. Yeah. Like, so like I get where you're coming. I get where you're going. Let's let, let's hey, baby, 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 you're coming too strong. We've got to ease into this. I think that we should start with a question that for a very long time I have heard over and over again when asking people to join a campaign or a one shot. And this is usually they pull me off to the side or we DM about it because they don't want to say it in front of anybody. But I can't tell you how many times I've heard this is. Um, I don't know how to RP. I, I, that's what I'm afraid of. Yeah. I, that, when you were talking about like things that could potentially like people that are looking to get into D&D. &D, uh, something that I hear that all the time, like as well, is just like. I don't know how to do the RP or I'm not comfortable role playing or, you know, and, and I, I get that. I honestly do because I, I, when I came back to playing D and D for the Nick's main campaign, like I had been out of like out of playing for years. And so it was very hard for me to like get into like a, a routine of like, being able to like go into my character's brain basically. Hey Keanu, your your mic's cut out a little bit, buddy. Just a Discord like, it is. Oh, just in Discord. Okay, uh, okay just make sure. Okay. Um but like it will um that's the thing though, is that like with uh, with role playing, it's one of those things that you have to like practice with it. Like you will get better by doing it. Um I think a lot of people overthink things. And, um, like my best advice for people that are in that kind of situation where they're like, you know, I really want to play Dungeons and Dragons, but I, I'm not comfortable role-playing. It, it's just like, it, basically like the whole point of the role-play aspect is you are putting yourself into the mind of another person. So like, I don't necessarily think that you need to like jump straight off the cliff into like full rp 
like i mean even nick uh and even dale can tell you like when i first started playing quill who's like my character with nick's campaign the, the my my rp in the beginning wasn't that great <laughs> i'm gonna be completely honest like i didn't really know i didn't feel comfortable with it um but and this is also just mind you this is him not streaming this this is just the four of us in a discord channel by ourselves yeah so if anybody feels like this is a, he's saying this like while well, he's he's like introducing a character after multiple no this is literally him with just his friends in a closed setting still I, I felt think, uncomfortable I think, yeah i think that's part i think that's part of the reason why he wouldn't stream it is because of that yes actually to be completely honest i didn't want to stream it because my rp was fucking shit and uh <laughs> I didn't know how to play my character. I, I had an idea of like what I wanted his backstory to be about, but I didn't have it fully fleshed out. And so like, I didn't really know how to play Quill, but it was something that I kind of like fell into by just playing him. You know, he kind of developed his own personality over time. And now like it's, it's, I don't think about it. You know, I just, I can stream it. I can, you know, even when I'm not, when I'm not streaming, like the, the RP aspect comes super easy. But it's one of those things where it's like it's practice makes perfect. You're not going to be amazing at role playing off the get go, but you have to like put one foot forward and like give it a fucking shot. I agree with that. Uh, the boozy door said, "I'd feel silly or something." Here's the thing: is before before we before we jump into that comment, um, so you have a tip. You have a tip for new players who are afraid of RP is just go for it. Just one foot after the other dive into it let's 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 do this you know and the more you do it the better you get nick let's let's hear a tip from you um so actually this is what i so i have started so i'm kind of an enigma and anybody i i was uh i used to be in the air force um i uh of course it technically counts as the military and so um but i moved around a lot uh for multiple years i was in for about seven and a half years i was stationed at four different bases um I, you know, and so that's not counting basic or tech school um, where you, you know, do the basic training and then your technical training. Um, so I have broken down a lot of new groups. I have gotten people into d and I have, uh, I, I think all told, I've started 12 different D&D groups in all the places I've been. And I've had to DM every single one of them. Um, I don't say that as like a, like a, like a God damn it. Uh, but it does get a little frustrating sometimes. Cause you have to, cause it was basically pick up, go to a new place and then teach, reteach everything you just taught a year ago to a whole new group of people play for a few months. People leave, people come in, you adjust it, you, you know, things like that. Um, and then the only reason I bring this up is because I have, I have had a huge swath of new players over and over again. I have people that have started D and D groups away from, you know, ours, when they go to a new base uh, and things like that. Um, but one thing I always would tell people when they would go, well, I want to play, but I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do anything crazy. I don't want to RP. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm nervous about it, or I don't really know how to do it. And I, my advice was always just play yourself, pick a character you want to play, and then just play you. You know how to be you. You know what I mean? Like, it's easy to, to play you. And then you can see kind of kind of the everything or you can see everything around you as it goes you can you can get a feel for the people you're playing with you can see oh i can be a little bit more silly oh maybe this guy's more serious or maybe i want to do xyz but you don't have to pick up do an accent and start coming in and talking like this and doing things and grabbing exes and and you know there's no requirement 
D and D is is the best part about D and D is that you can do whatever you want, and if you want to try it, I will always, uh, you know, ha- always tell you please try it. It is my, one of my favorite things in the world. And if you're afraid of the RP portion, which most people are, like like Dale has brought up and as Keanu has said, and you don't even want to throw yourself into it or even or give that effort, just play you. It's, you know how to play you. You know, I would I would second that because you know. When I first started playing Quill, I was playing me. I like didn't think about it, but I was just playing myself until he, you know, developed his own personality. Um, so I don't know. From personal experience, like I feel like that is actually some pretty top tier advice. I agree with that. Um, <laughs> my first few characters were it was just what would what would Dale do? You know, I have to think as Dale, not so much as and I'm just you throwing this out, Ebo or whatever. Um, but that's some solid advice, and I would have to agree 100% with that. Right. My advice for you is find close friends first and foremost. Play with, your, play with your buddies. And on top of that, just to add to that, I would say um, find a good DM. A DM that supports role-playing, that, that, that rewards role-playing e- even. Um, and find people who, even though you might be afraid, of role playing, they aren't because here's the thing: the more that they do it, it's gonna be it, you're gonna feel silly when you're the one that's not doing it because everybody else is. So I think that it comes down to who you play with. Is is one of the most important aspects of getting over that 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 role play fear. But Dale, what if you have nobody in your close friends group that wants to play? That's when you're gonna. That's when you're gonna have to reach out. You're gonna have to try to find, you know, my my. This is actually a good, a pretty decent segue. Is my um, intro into Dungeons and Dragons was um, at my local comic book store. You know, I was a, I was a, I was a big old comic book nerd. Keanu hasn't even seen my comic book collection because they're still in the trunk of my car and they're just too heavy to to bring in. But every Wednesday, I'd go and get the new comics. Um, and I've been doing this for years. Um, but Tabletop was huge there. Yu-Gi-Oh! Pokemon. And then there was a, there was a table oh, for Dungeons and & Dragons. And it started by me just watching. And it was, it was that awkward, I think I'm looking at comics, but really I'm listening to what's going on in the campaign. Um, to finally talking and figuring out what's happening in that campaign. To eventually being able to sit down and, you know, partake in this campaign. And it's just like, the first and foremost thing is like, what's your, what's your intro into Dungeons and Dragons? You have to, if somebody's at this stream or listening to this podcast, then that means chances are they know us as of right now. And we're we're always looking for new players. We're always looking for people who want to learn Dungeons and Dragons. So this is a solid intro into finding a place that not only do we have two DMs, both of which reward good RP, but we have a slew of friends who are really good at role playing, and they will encourage you to do so. Yeah, like uh, you know, I, I'm not a DM yet. Um... I've I've not I've not done it and I think I've only ever done it once, uh, and it, it just wasn't a great experience because I didn't really know what I was doing. 
but um when it comes to like playing with new people like that's something that i am very comfortable with doing um and like i i I like being able to be that like supportive role play character that like shows people how you interact with the world and like how combat works and how you know i i like that part i like i actually like really like playing with new people people that have never played dungeons and dragons before i should specify What about you, Nick? You have anything to add? I mean, ultimately, it's when it comes down to playing in a group. My first experience was actually with somebody in this very chat. Um, it's funny. It's the first time I ever played D anD D was with Keanu, um, and it was it was one of those we were you know we were we were thirteen. We were in eighth grade. Um, <laughs> It was 3.5 Dungeons and Dragons. And this is, you know, now we have 5e, which has kind of become the modern holy grail of, of I should add, access. I should add real quick is that we had two different rule books because I had 3.0 and you had 3.5. Like we weren't even playing on the same fucking edition of the game. <laughs> it was close enough. Just, just yeah. imagine just imagine somebody playing 5e and, and somebody four. else is still using fucking Thaco. <laughs> and Thaco is uh, for people that wouldn't know. Uh, we'll go over that in a later episode. It's a huge, huge fucking thing that it's just a rabbit hole of like different editions. It's just a fucking rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Starting with Thacko, Thacko is just, it's going to blow your guys' mind uh, that people actually used to play this way. Oh, oh, well, and here, so I, so the thing is with this episode, with you talking about intros to Dungeons and Dragons and people being nervous to play and all that, it actually got me thinking about, you know, me getting into D&D and playing with Keanu and now playing with, playing with him now, um, but also the reason why I started. Um, I joke about the dad stuff, but my dad and I don't have the best relationship. He's very jockish and very old school. And I bring this up just because I want to play D and D and he told me, no, he didn't want me to do it. Um, that it was, uh, oh, I can't say all the slurs, but, (laughs) but, uh, there were a lot of things that he had, he had very strong emotions. Be fair. Um, At least you had a dad. God, we get it. All right. He doesn't have a dad. So. It's a running joke. I swear to God, I'm not a monster. <laughs> so my, my, my stepdad actually ended up, uh, who's, he was dating my mom at the time. He became my stepdad. He ended up buying the books for me because he played the original Dungeons and & Dragons and Advanced Dungeons and & Dragons. He heard that I really wanted to play it, and he got excited. And he knew, But he was also nervous because he was just dating my mom, and he didn't want to overstep any bounds. So he bought the books for me gave them to my mom and then she, my mom gave them to me as a Christmas present so I wouldn't feel uncomfortable of him getting this for me. Like that's like the level of D&D nerds of awkwardness. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to our family. But and that led into my uh, a passion I've had for 15 years now, which is nuts. That's, you know, and so it's awesome that I got to share that first experience with Keanu here. And it was us and one other person, this this guy named Anthony, who DM'd for us. And we played two of the dumbest batshit characters. I was a wizard who was dragging the dead carcass of his character in a cart <laughs> because we were morons and had no idea how to play. But it was a good time. It was it was great. And, and, you know, my, my overarching thing is really just don't be afraid to go out there and fail. 
Just go, yeah. just honestly get, get in there, make some fucking weird decisions, do some dumb shit with your friends. It's okay. It's D and D. It's, it's fair. Yeah. It doesn't that's, matter. That's the glory of D and D is, is that it's like, your guys's world that you're building and you could do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Yep. And, and you know, like you're, when you play, even now I have questions about some of the rules and stuff, but that's, that's literally why you have a DM. The DM is a facilitator. So like, you can ask questions if you're confused or you don't know how something works. Like, that's what the DM's for. <laughs> and I think a lot of people get hung up. Like, they feel like they're going to get judged. The whole point of playing Dungeons and Dragons is to be silly. It is to be fun. It's like, it's not supposed to be this, like, super... I mean, it, it doesn't have to be, like, this super serious all the time, like, super stoic, like, you have to play this like a video game or some shit, like, it's literally I, just you going and <laughs> you can play whatever you want, you know? I literally played, okay, I created a character once <laughs> that was literally the embodiment of the old man from Aladdin, like, Jafar as an old man, and he was just, like, the goofiest fucking weirdest character I've ever played. And it was so much fun. Like <laughs> that, was, that was the that was the the one shot, the first time that you guys ever saw, like took a step into my world. Yeah, yep. I was playing a, a, a human wizard named Quangus. Quangus, and I was playing <laughs> that paladin. Um, but this and this is also something that a lot of people touch on, and this is the this is the flip side coin of the of the critical roles the critical role or other type things of the world is, is critical role. And, and I've never seen an episode, but I will not talk bad about it because it brought D and D into the mainstream. People love it. And I'm not going to shit on something people love. There's nothing wrong with it, man. I like Matt Mercer's voice work. And he does other things. I've never seen a bad thing about the guy. The, but the downside is, is people think D and D also is this production of paid voice actors who have played D and D for 20 plus years i mean the combined experience of those people in that room is over 100 years yep. it's, it's insane if you think you're going to play to that level or ever cater to that level if you want to that's awesome man that do, tr get there at one point but you gotta remember that like that's that was not overnight that was not session two like ah fuck it we might as well just roll some cameras with this that is planned it's meticulous they have production value don't be afraid to go in and get weird. Do some silly shit with your friends. It's not, you're not critical role. Your DM is not Matt Mercer. You guys are not paid voice actors. Just do your thing. Have fun with it. Don't give a shit. The, that's probably the best advice you can give all night. Just fuck it. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, like, I would give the same advice to somebody who is like thinking about streaming, right? A lot of people are like getting nervous about the idea of streaming, but like the best advice you can give somebody in that particular situation is, just fucking go live and figure it out. Like, you don't have to, like, meticulously plan all this bullshit out. It's never going to be like that. Uh, or at least it won't be in the beginning. You're never just going to, like, start off and be, like, amazing at playing Dungeons & Dragons. But, like, taking that first step to start is the most important step, you know? I agree. I agree. So... With that being said, we're just going to work through this as if we were trying to convince our friends to play. We've gone through the, what we would say, or like the advice that we would give if they said, well, I don't know about the RP aspect. You know, it's a, it's a stressful thing. Let's, let's say that we finally hooked that person and they said, okay, I'm willing to give it a try one time. 
where do I start? So let's let's start with building a character. What do you guys think is the best possible class? And I'm not I don't want you to get into the super detailed specifics because half the people that are gonna watch this podcast are either they know Dungeons and Dragons because they watch our Wednesday streams or, or they know nothing about Dungeons and Dragons as of right now. And they're just so, they're like they're looking for a new podcast at the gym, like, huh, W's and Dragons. These guys can't be fucks. And yeah. how wrong they are. How wrong they are. But I want to say, I want, I want, to, I want to start with Keanu. Keanu, what's your opinion? What would you suggest that a first-time player that's finally getting over the uh, the fear of RP? What class would they choose? I honestly, this answer is going to be a little multifaceted, uh, but it just depends. I, I would, I would first ask what kind of character they want to play. Do you want to play somebody who's going to be like a caster or do you want to play somebody who's going to be more of like a melee based character? Um, because if they're going to go for like a melee based character, obviously for me, I would choose something like a fighter or like a barbarian, something that like, isn't too nuanced. Like, Playing a paladin is fun if you know what you're doing or you have like an idea of how like, you know, certain spells work because they do have like a, a limited spell list, but they also have like melee abilities and stuff too. With your first character, like for me, it's it's trying to get down to the basics. So like a fighter or maybe a ranger, maybe um, if you're going for like a melee kind of character. And if you're playing a caster, then I would honestly to do something like a like a sorcerer or maybe like a druid um just because i think that the wizard is nice because you have a like a lot of spells to choose from but with the sorcerer you have a little bit more flexibility of the spells that you do have so it, it's easier for a beginning player to not be locked down to hey i need to prepare x spells it's just i have these spells that i can cast at any time you know um, right. so like, that's why that I would pick a sorcerer basically for a caster. Druid's just always fun because it's fun to play, at least for me, it's fun to play like a support kind of character. And most druids that I've played have always been like the healer or like the buffer, that kind of character. And I think for like a beginning player, seeing other people go into like the big melee fucking combos when you start giving like multi-attacks and shit, being able to like buff those characters up it, ma it makes you feel good like you're kind of doing something so honestly if i had to choose just two it would be fighter for melee and then like sorcerer for casting perfect then what about you dick um so here's the thing and there's a question in here that i saw from monsieur uh bunny that is what is the what is like the most basic character fighter all yeah. day every day and that is my that is my it's not my top answer but that is that is the that is my silver medal. Fighter is the easiest because fighter is this. Do you like Aragorn from Lord of the Rings? Here's a fucking long sword. Go in there, start swinging. Do you do you like Legolas? Here's a bow. Take archery as your as your as your starting profession or your starting uh, uh, main pick. Start fucking shooting. It is you can RP easily without massive penalties to the character. You can fight easily without massive penalties to the character, and it is a decent intro. But and this is this is where I'll differ. I think the gold medal character is fucking barbarian. 
all day, every day because it's fire. But then you go, you get really mad and you get better. And they go, oh, okay. <laughs> and then you just tell them, get in there and start fucking swinging. And then they go, and then you give them the description. Like, well, you're carrying, because as a DM, when somebody would play a barbarian, I would always go in that description of, you go into a rage and then I would let them like, they would like rawr or whatever they wanted to do. But then it gets kind of gets them more pulled into there. Cause they're, now the character's all mad. And he's just like goo, 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 swinging away and smashing shit. So like I said, gold medal is going to be barbarian because it, it, it is easy to play and it gets people involved a lot easier and fighter because it really is the most versatile class. As far as melee goes, you pick and do whatever you want. Nobody gives a shit and it's great. And then uh, I have no bronze medal because it's very nuanced past that, and it's very difficult. But I, I think any spellcaster comes with its own burden of, of teaching and helping the person through. And sometimes they feel daunted by the spell list and not really understanding. Like, okay, you don't, you just gotta because for some people it feels like work or homework. And I don't want to go too long in this. Um, but some people see the spell list and they feel daunted by it because like I gotta read through this, I gotta do all these extra things, I gotta pick X, Y, Z. It's not that bad. It's more fun. It's more interesting because you get to see the different abilities and effects. But to a brand new player, sometimes that sometimes that chapter 11, in the PHB is horrifying. <laughs> so it's easier to kind of ease them in with a fighter and then they go, OK, I get this. Maybe I'll play something spell, you know, spell based down the line. I agree. I I actually am going to go a completely different route than both of you guys. Oh, shit. Yeah, a little bit of each, but kind of different than both of you guys i personally and here's what i want you guys to understand especially those who are listening is there's no right or wrong answer there's no there's no it's going to be the easiest class you're going to have some easy classes you're going to have some some difficult classes but once you get past level six regardless everything starts getting more difficult including like the monsters that you fight you know that's like the big that's the first big jump is like you hit level six all of a sudden you're on CR2, you know, <laughs> monsters and CR3 monsters. But I'm going to go with, first and foremost, my first, if you guys want the most fun class to play for a new character, my opinion is Rogue. Go fucking Rogue. You get to have those badass moments of, guess what? You guys found a locked box. Who could do something about that at level one? The fucking rogue can do something about that at level one. You don't have to bring that to a fucking locksmith somewhere in town and hope that you find one. You don't have to sit there and beat the box and hope that you could you could bust it open. You get to save the party at that point. Guess what? Guess what? You walk into a room at level one, and who's gonna know that it's trapped first? Who's gonna know if you guys are gonna get poisoned right as you walk through that door? The fucking rogue. So like. It's just so much fun at level one, especially at being a new player. All, you know, here, here's, here's what a rogue does is I want to stab, I want to stab this guy. Okay. Stab. Okay. I want to use my bonus action to hide. That's a rogue. You, you know how to play a rogue now. Anybody can play a rogue. <laughs> you know, what's funny though, is that in all of the campaigns that we've done, I've maybe played with like. Rogue basically just doesn't get cho like doesn't get picked as an option as much as other characters. I think Rogue has a lot of uh I think there's a lot of people in the D&D community who don't enjoy Rogues as much and that's because it's one of those characters like Ranger that used to get picked so much that now it's just like I want to I want to play something that 
you know, nobody plays hardly anymore. And rather, rather than steering into that curve and saying, you know, I don't care what anybody says. Rogues are fucking cool. And I think that almost every party should have a rogue, just like every party should have a cleric or something or some type of healer. Right. You know, well, you know every... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I was just going to bite in is I love D&D, but sometimes um, they kind of forget that rogues are kind of a necessity in any yeah. campaign book they make. You have to have a rogue. Because no other character has the abilities that a rogue has. But, and that's my thing, though, is my, my qualm with that, is that I think it's kind of shitty that there, nobody could ever, so you can't make, let's, let's just say you can't make a wizard who's like, eh, he has a decently high dexterity and he likes to pick locks. But he, he has these certain proficiencies at level four and take feats in, in lieu of ability modifiers, which is a whole other thing. But you still have to wait three levels to be able to do what a rogue can one facet of what a rogue can which is which is picking locks and i think there's no other character that can do what a rogue can and if you were to say pick up a D campaign book like the heist of the the heist of water deep or whatever uh what's the name of it oh it's uh i have it right here um one thing is what if you pick like a fighter rogue like what if you did like a multi-class but well, multi-classic another level. First, first and foremost, multi-classic is something that is so much fun to do. But I would, I would advise me personally, obviously, and everybody's different. I would advise new players to stay away from multi-tasking. Oh, same. But, <laughs> but it's it's the it's the the dragon heist, water deep dragon heist. Thank you. Um, but it, those campaign books, almost like nine times out of ten, have rogue required portions. Sure. I have not seen one that hasn't. So my and that's my thing with new groups is people want to play. So like, cause me, when it comes to a new group, I don't want to go. Okay, well, we already have a barbarian. Can somebody play druid? It's with a brand new group. You want everybody to. If everybody wants to be fucking fighters, hell, you have a group of four fighters. If everybody wants to be, you know, three druids and a and a wizard, be three druids and a wizard. I don't want to. That's part. That's also part of the problem when it comes to those campaign books because, especially if you want to start a D and D group but nobody's played before, the, the most common thing you'll ever pick is a D&D campaign book. To get sure. you that intro, something that helps you DM, teaches you along the way, does a lot of the heavy lifting the work for you. So forcing them to pick required characters to get farther into it is, I think, kind of a a bad move on, yeah. on the design which, part. Of that. Which, which I can could, I could understand that. But just go, just step back, just like backtracking a little bit to why a rogue is so good for new players is because it makes and i'm speaking from experience because my first character was a rogue and so and that's i chose that for this reason and that's because i know watch watching those guys over the comic store is rogues are an essential character to most campaigns maybe not all campaigns but most campaigns yes but a new player they're super easy to play and a new if you want a new player to shine and not have to do a lot of RP because they can play a super, super fucking edgy uh, rogue that doesn't really like everybody. That's kind of that outcast. He's kind of like laid back. His so parents easy, are dead. No, I get where you're going. Easy, easy RP, but you can still make them feel like they're an essential player and they're not just there to stab things. They have so, a role. Now, there is one thing. Uh, somebody's saying, to be fair, I feel like a rogue would be intimidating for a new player. I mean, the choice would 
be intimidating. Um, but that's the thing, though, with the choosing shouldn't be an intimidation when it comes to picking a class. The hardest part should be what ultimately, like what race, sub race, every little backstory. That, that should those should be always be the more difficult parts. Um, but no, I mean. And that's the thing is, for some people, you have the comic shop, as you said, for an example, and some people just don't have, I mean, they're, bud, they're raw dogging it. They're just going yeah. dry. They're like, I heard this is pretty fun. And they're just, oh, and they're oh, just going I, into I, it. You I, know I, I, mean? I want you guys to, I want you guys to understand that the group that I sat in with and that I learned from had no fucking idea how to play D&D. &D. They were just playing it. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, I, I don't want you to think that they were professionals and they were teaching me everything about D&D. Oh. &D. No, you no, know, no. But it's like, that's, that's, that's my first pick. I'm going to give silver medal just to kind of get a little bit back onto track here. Mm -hmm. Is I think that my silver medal would be a ranger. Just because it's, it's another one of those classes that you don't need to do much. And until you get to like level five or six, um, there's not a huge, you know, there's not a huge ceiling, skill ceiling. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I think... I mean, you, You'll have you'll have you'll have little spells here or there, but it's a solid intro on how to use spells and when they're viable. You know, and then if you could give that's a it's a good intro into spellcaster. Well, because you don't get spells at first level, you get them at what second or third? Yeah, third. So then it easy <laughs> it eases you into it. Just so you know, you're like, all right, here's your bow leg. Let's have fun with that. Oh, here you go. Now you can heal your teammates. Sometimes have fun with that. Yeah. Would you like a wolf? Here's a wolf. Have fun yeah, with yeah. that one too. Buddy. And even then, your 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 list isn't like extensive. Your spell list, you know, it doesn't get extensive till till much later on. You're no, only no, going to no. have a few spells to choose from. The one thing that I would kind of like make the case, I guess, I would make against like picking a ranger is that like, um, yeah, there's not like a whole lot to them, but sometimes it can be kind of a lot to manage, like, um like who their who their enemy like you know like they get the favored race or whatever where they get like bonuses against specific races of enemies uh and stuff like that like sometimes that can be a lot to like keep to like remember and like keep track of so so i would with that especially that that something so, so specific as that i'd say that don't remember that you know like chances are if your dm doesn't remember it you don't remember it then it doesn't matter right now until you get really experienced into playing D D. Play the just like we were saying earlier, fuck it. Play the way you guys want to fucking play. That's true. Well well, well the, the player's handbook says that I have a favored race and that I can do X amount more damage, blah blah blah. Who cares? If you're not gonna remember it, then who cares right now? Actually John's also gonna have a straight up bad time when we go back. Um I know this is a little off topic. Our, uh, our ranger on our main campaign has has humanoids as a favorite enemy. I actually finally delved into that and and looked into it more because I'm a bad DM. And uh yeah, he's actually supposed to pick specific humanoids and that's the that's it. He doesn't get a blanket humanoid. So he's about he's about to have a straight up bad time when he comes back and I have to lay that on him. That makes sense. Ruin that his would day. be something, though. I would probably let him know ahead of time so I can have some time to think about it. <laughs> Fuck no. No, no. Drop he had off. a second kid. This is his problem. He's the reason we're not playing right now. <laughs> so, we I mean, are playing, it's so. Nate's problem, too. Let's be real. <laughs> it's Nate's problem. No, no. He's he's the bard, all right? Don't he worry does, about he doesn't do anything now, anyway. <laughs> now, actually, since Dale, since you asked that, what do you guys think is the two 
most difficult pla- classes for a brand new player to pick up on. Oh, could I could I go first? A hundred percent, hundred percent. First and foremost, Bye. by far, my opinion would be a paladin is like, especially for an intro person, because you have to be good at RP. It's a charisma based character first and foremost, yeah. so you have to be good at RP. Second. You have to follow alignment. Even if nobody else follows their alignment, you have to follow your fucking alignment. Well, actually, uh, let me jump in there real quick, just with one thing. Uh, charisma is uh, one of the facets of the uh, one of your ability modifiers, and that governs your basically speech and appearance and things like that. So, like a high charisma means you speak well, you can lie well, you can do things like that. So, it's an interrupt. So you have to no, no, no. Basically, if you if if it's a charisma based character and they do charisma based damage and stuff like that. That you're you're basically going to be the face of the party. You're going to be the the talker of the party. Well, you, you don't always you don't always you have, don't have to be. be. But chances like, are you're going to be. Intro, but th- th- like we said, this is intro, and you can kind of somebody might be more RP heavy because they didn't understand a you know like a, a paladin's right. charisma heavy. But I, I just wanted to clarify. But also, but also you're gonna have you're gonna have a pretty hefty spell list on top of that. You have to follow alignment. Otherwise, if you break your oath, things could go horribly wrong for you. Um, Paladin is by far the most convoluted for a brand new player. Even though to us it might seem like it's a very easy thing to do as of right now, uh, and it seems like such a basic class. Like when I think of Paladin, I have no, I have no uh, want or desire to play a Paladin just because I think that they are so boring to me. But that's to me as a as a player, um, except for Chud Saint Pound. There we go. <laughs> Uh, can can I uh, segue sure. just real quick on something? Can we take a quick little like minute or two break? I have to pee so bad. Yeah, yeah. guys, let's let's take a small break. We'll be back in five minutes. Cool. Okay, thank you. All right, like I'm back. I'm ready whenever you guys are. Fucking so pick it up where we left off. Yeah, yeah. So pick it up where we left off. We were talking once again about uh, what is the most difficult character that a player that a new player can possibly get. I'm I'm sticking with Paladin. You know, you have you have you have a heavy role playing character who has a pretty extensive spell uh, spell like list that they have to go through. Um, like, there's easier casters if you really want to get into a caster. So I'm I'm sticking there. Awesome, Davey. You might want to turn your music off. Oh, thank you. thank you. No, Me that too. was that was that would be Mara. But thanks, Mara. Uh, she made the call. All right, you want to go, Nick, or you want me to? Uh, buddy, I have proposed the question. You go on ahead. All right, so um, here's my answer. Warlock, hands down. Because it is a very RP-heavy character. One, it is also charisma-based. Two, three, you have an extensive spell list to choose from, especially when you get access to multiple different cantrips, but it's very situational and it can be very hard for new players to learn like, oh, like, is this worth wasting one of two of my spell slots for? You know what I mean? Like, I think that uh, especially for new players, usually like, oh, I have this ability, I can use it. But sometimes it's not necessarily like the best timing for it, which I don't think it's like, you know, a big deal, but but it can definitely make the the character harder to play and harder to love. Um because they're just they're so damn situational. Like they're 
they're not like as flexible as like a sorcerer or you know some of the other caster classes so in my opinion warlock is probably one of the hardest characters to get into if you're not super focused on role play i can agree with that i think that warlocks more often than not they end up like I know that anybody can really be the face of the party when it comes down to it, like when it comes to talking to the town folk, getting information and stuff like that. But warlocks are the ones that shine, so only play a warlock if you're willing to put that that the RP hours in, you know? Well, and not only that, you were talking about alignment changes earlier, but most of the time with their pact, they have to keep to this, to something similar to that. Like, in order to keep their powers, they have to have that relationship with their pact deity. So there's even like instances of that with Warlock, but the added complexity of not just being able to be like, you know, divine strike smack, you know, it's like <laughs> you have your Eldritch Blast, you know, but, uh, but like, I don't know, there's not a whole lot around that. And I think for new players, it could be like extremely hard to get past like the fun of playing a Warlock, you know. I agree. All right, Nick. Bring it home, baby. So, just to recap, I brought up that Barbarian and Fighter were two of the easiest classes to get into as far as playing D&D goes. Now, I asked, I just, uh, just want to say, uh, I asked for two as well of the uh, worst classes, but I'll go fuck myself. So, <laughs> we'll, we'll go um, around again. No, you're... You're fine. We can stick with one on this end. Um, it's not a big deal because, uh, and like we said, and I just want to clarify and, and hone on this. This is by no means saying don't play these classes when you start, but we're just giving. It's more of a forewarning, like, hey, there's a lot more that goes into you know these certain classes than you know you might expect as somebody who's never played before, somebody who's just getting into D and D. But me personally, I think the most daunting class of all time is cleric. I think that is the hardest class for people to go in and pick on. And here's why. RP is always difficult. But a cleric also has the most extensive spell list ever. Now in 5e as well. Because, okay, and let me, let me clarify on the spell list. So when you, you play a wizard, you have X, Y, Z for for spells. That's it. When you play cleric, howdy fucking ho, buddy! Welcome to everything being available to you, available to you in the cleric set. Now, but then it's also specific to your cleric domain. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you pick a domain? Wow. Well, well, you got to do that first. And this is already becoming something daunting to even some veteran players. Is you you have to go, okay, well, I want to be this type of domain. And some of the older editions, you were punished for picking a different domain than uh, that that wouldn't allow the certain spells because of your alignment. So to state something as in you're a chaotic good character and you're good at heart, so you pick something chaotic good. Well, guess what? The entire the entire half the spells on the evil list or that are all, that are considered evil spells. Necromancy spells? Sorry, you're good alignment. You can't use those. It's not allowed. But it's it's some it's it's a nuance you wouldn't understand. It's, it doesn't really explain it well in depth. Then also on top of that, in fifth edition, you pick a domain. Oh, well, you get these spells. Do, do, they, do they add into my total count? Sure, why not? Wait, I know them, but I do, they, do I count extra on it? And it's one of those. It's not it's not supremely difficult to figure out the minor 
nuances to being a cleric, but it's just so daunting when you look at it because it's like, um, what's a first, third, fifth, sixth, seventh, and ninth spell? Why do I know these? Because I'm a light person. Wait, I picked, I picked, I picked the light domain. Why do I have fireball? Like, <laughs> it's one of those, and it's one of those. It is, it's, it's like, um. Maybe I didn't, or you're like, oh, I'm gonna be a cleric. I'm gonna heal, but oh, grave cleric. That probably means I'm gonna save people, right? Wrong, Bucko. Uh oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And that's and that that like fifth edition has made clerics easily the most daunting class because now not only you have this nightmare of getting into and making the cleric, picking a domain, picking your spells. Then you go, oh, hey, by the way, you're expected to you're expected to be the alternate tank if needed to be nine times out of ten. Oh, hey, by the way, you also have specific things for your cleric that you should know, and you should be able to RP well. Yep. Clerics just have, from start to finish, in my opinion, the most difficult build, uh, role set, and RP. Because it is it's difficult to figure your place out as a cleric if you don't understand your domain. You might pick the wrong domain. You might pick the wrong spell set. You might have the wrong stats because you thought you're more of a healer character, but realistically, you're you can wear armor, but you didn't know that, and now you fucked up because you don't have another tank, or you you didn't want to be a tank. You pick, you know, what I mean, there's just so much that goes in the nuances and and the certain criteria of being a cleric and and critical to the domain you pick that a new player it's just might like might not or or not take the time to really read into and understand. Here's something. Just to kind of like put it into perspective for you guys, um, which I want, I want you to know, Nick, I do agree with you. But just to put it in perspective, <laughs> Keanu, how long have you been playing D and D? On and off for fifteen years. Fifteen oh, years. Don't worry, baby, I got you. How long have you been <laughs> in our current campaign? I think we just hit our two-year mark back in April first. Uh, yep, April April Fools is. I, I love <laughs> that the fact that that was our start date. As of as of, as of May of this year, right before we stopped, our cleric who has been playing for two and a half years, or for two years, found out that he could do more than he thought. Yeah, I um, I was gonna mention when you were talking earlier about picking the divinity. Uh. <laughs> I thought that when I first started, because that was the first time I really played 5e, I thought that was the all the spells that I got access to, period. Which is just fucking not true <laughs> at all. And so, like, I had, like, six spells at level 10. And I was like, oh, shit, I can't, like, I was getting pissed, and I was probably, you know, I was, I was complaining, like, I feel like I can't fucking do anything, like, I'm worthless, like, I, I can't do shit. And then, like, I was reading, and then I was like, wait, <laughs> I was wrong this whole time, like, I'm supposed to be picking spells on top of the ones that I get provided with my, my, my divinity. I was like, fuck. Like, <laughs> part as I'm the DM who just was like, eh, fuck it, he'll figure it out. Not yeah. knowing full, and I say this as as if I understood. I just thought he's like, man, he really just likes to use the same four spells over and over again. His bread and butter was that, was that spiritual weapon for spiritual the first weapon, two years. Spiritual weapon and fucking cure wounds, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and then preserve life as my channel divinity. Like, fuck it, let's do it. <laughs> let's go. Dude, I got this party. I have kept this party alive with those same three spells for two and a half years, all right? <laughs> to be fair, to be fair and it was too. a guy.
And even then, I still fucking love the class. And now they even have more flavor to them, which and also okay, it's a whole 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 different thing. But I find it hilarious that being a draconic sorcerer is a is a key lineage line in that class. There's a whole backstory just uh, behind my sorcerer. I played 3.5, which I got to level 23, legitimately. No milestones, XP, and everything. And I'm not saying milestones isn't a legitimate XP system, but I'm just saying back in 3.5, there was no milestone, it, uh, official canon thing for mainstream D&D. It was XP or get fucked. So um, he's an epic level character. Um, his name was Talalan Arrowsong, and I love it. But the thing I love about sorcerers is you just wake up in the morning, and you're like, all right, how many times can I cast Lightning Bolt and Fireball today? <laughs> They have more versatility to them than just those spells. But, mind you, people always talk about sorcerers and wizards. Wizards are, by definition, the nerds, and sorcerers are the fucking jocks. Sor uh, wizards have to study. They have to study extensively to learn the spells. They have to read their book every morning. They have to, they have to fucking pick the certain spells and make decisions. Sorcerers wake rise. the fuck up. Yeah. They fucking rise and they're like, all right, fuck it. I know everything I need to know. Who do I got to fuck up today? And that's a spellcaster, all right? They have a charisma based modifier, so they're fun for RP. And I was the talker. I was our kind of de facto group leader as we played. And it was just such a good time. And then with fifth edition, I can't imagine how much fun playing a, like a wild magic sorcerer has got to be. Like, yeah. holy shit, just having this random table of just these crazy effects happen on top of everything else, having a draconic lineage, and then getting wings canonically. Um, it's just, it's, it's gotta be fucking awesome. Because I had to do that the hard way and, and fucking force wings through my DM by going to a specific place. Again, digressing. But Sorcerer is my, is my number one. And I'm a little biased when I say that. Now, number two is Rogue. I fucking love... And I will say that actually, I should I should preface it with this: fifth edition rogues are a blast. Yeah. Older edition rogues are not bad by any means, but fifth edition rogues—the fact that they made it to where you can pick being a swashbuckler—that is not that is a rogue. It's your subclass, yeah. which can be something talked about later. But you have the ability to go, okay, I want to be a thief. Oh, I want to be a swashbuckler. Oh, I, I want to be, be an arcane trickster. I want to be an assassin. Is such an amazing feature to rogues because a swashbuckler is essentially the ideal duelist. Duelist. Your character is amazing in one-on-one -on -one fights. That's the purpose of a swashbuckler. For a normal rogue, you would have to go, okay, excuse me, Mr. Big Tank, can you get in front of him and I'll sneak up behind him and I'll be valuable. Please, just do the end. But if, if the tank gets knocked out, unconscious, it kind of fucks your game plan and the extra attacks and damage that you would do by your tank being in or your assistance. Where a swashbuckler is the is the Chad that <laughs> that walks through is like, oh, who gives a shit? As long as nobody's within five feet, I'll just duel everyone until they're dead. With a swashbuckler, it doesn't matter if they're within five feet either. You can just walk away from that unhinged. As long as you get damage, yes. Which typically, yeah, you kind of pull that one off. You have pretty high hits. Plus, so, plus, I can, agree, I can with agree with you on that. Just, I'm just going to step in just for a second. I can agree with you on that because there's also nothing better when it comes to a rogue than feeling like you hit level five 
and you see the rest of your party, they're finally doing big boy damage. They're hitting 17, 18 damage a hit. Oh, but all of a sudden, you get that sneak attack backstab damage, and you pull off your 40 or 50 bomb, and you just, all of a sudden, you have the big dick of the party. You're 50 hit points worth of damage at level 5? There's nothing, and you're you're just a, a rogue. Like that's just rogues, and that's what makes them. But that's what makes them fun because I love. Oh, excuse me. I love playing a swashbuckler. I love it. I love that one-on-one fight. I love that kind of that charismatic, ironically enough, rogue type character who's who's you know you know. Uh, it's no longer tied to being a seafaring character. That's what swashbucklers originally were. They're more of a, more of a duelist type character where they are, you know, canon one on one fights. But then if you want to make an evil character, guess what? Welcome to being an assassin subclass rogue. It's fucking awesome. And I love playing because then, oh, guess what? You're an assassin. But you don't have to be evil. You can just be a chaotic neutral character and really have a great you know, grasp because, and it's easier to RP that too, is because you go, Oh, I'm an assassin. Okay. I'm, I'm a fucking assassin. I'm getting paid to kill people. I'll right. do that all day. So like I said, uh, I, I went a little, a little bit on tangents, but um, sorcerer and rogues to me are two of the most fun classes to play with an addendum. If I could ever give a bronze or some sort of weird platinum medal, it would be my current character in your micro campaign. I just, I just look, yeah. I've never had that good of stats on a character. It's been just fucking fun. <laughs> I, just want, I, just want, I just want somebody to play a rogue that also is like slightly charisma based. Like they have a slightly higher charisma than the rest of the party so that they're the face of the... You just play Inigo Montoya from Princess Bride basically I at that point. I fucking hate it because I 100% did that with somebody. Okay, okay. I, I, gotta, I gotta go. I made that rogue character. And Fuck the thing... Yeah. Well, oh, no, no. Here's the thing you're gonna like. And I, I, I gotta go on this. And this is... This is an interrupt, so D&D. So get excited to hear somebody get excited about D&D. I, okay, so I made a character, and I hope you respect me for this one. He was a swashbuckler subclass, rogue. Right. He had an alternate ego as a noble, and he was charisma-based. So I would literally get into costume and pretend to be two different people as the character. Uh, you're the Dread Pirate Robert, huh? It was fucking awesome! <laughs> <laughs> it was I love so it. Much- it was so much, but it made it gave such a fresh life to the character because he's this, you know, this this kind of kind of dread dread pirate Robert by night, and then by day he's this kind of his. I I was lazy, so I was like, "Fuck it, John Snow was his noble name because it's easy enough." Sure. But like, it also gave him like this extensive like. Oh, he's into the criminal networks. He's into the noble networks. He had this font of information. It made him a much more useful character charismatically, also in combat. And, like, it was awesome. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was too cool. And it was the DM we had, he was not a bad guy, but he was a pretty fresh DM. And I kind of threw this, like, crazy character idea at him way too early in his DM career. Sure. sure. So. It's something I would love to jump back into, and I'll, I think I, I want to flesh out the character a little more. But um, you know, that's what's great about D and D and making things like that. You can really just throw these things out there and really make these very extensive characters that you know have such a rich life to them. That can be multifaceted. It doesn't matter what the rule book says; it matters what your DM says. I just want to bring up something real quick. No, go ahead. <laughs> because. There was a session, a couple sessions, or maybe it was just, was it just the one where it was the three of us? 
where we all were playing level 20 bards <laughs> for Nate's campaign and we were playing as all of the band members of Rush yeah, yeah, that, was my, that. that was my idea I'm so happy that you guys actually committed to it and then we like yeah. we were weaving in Rush song names into our dialogue he's <laughs> like, to say yeah. that, that this, this was his first time DMing also <laughs> It's like actually this actually this was his second time DMing. He didn't bring it up the first time. And the reason why I say that is because we bullied the shit out of him the first time he DM'd. Not meanly, he was our buddy, and he also would bully us a little bit when he we DM. So we went a little hard in the paint. And um that's a, that's a story for another time. Basically it ended with the if you go to Nate and you go, Holes, Nathan, holes, you will see fucking helicopter blades whirling in his ears like he's back in Vietnam. He's gonna be so fucking upset. Like, So just a heads up on that. But, like, I don't know, like, it, I kind of want to circle this a little bit back to, like, D&D is supposed to be fun. And, like, I feel like a lot of people get caught up in the... in, like, more of, like, the technical aspects of it and forget that, like, as a DM, your main objective is to have fun telling a story. You know what I mean? Um, and as a player, it's literally just to have fun playing a person. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I, that's the way that I, like, I try to describe it to people that when they ask me about like tips and tricks for how to like get into D&D, it's just like you're playing a person but your your ultimate goal of the whole session isn't to be this like super try hard, super serious thing. It's to have fun and to be silly and to like do things that you you know maybe necessarily wouldn't do. But it's if it's funny and if people are enjoying it, that's the only thing that matters. You know. Could I could I uh, have a like a? I don't disagree in the having fun and being silly and doing your own thing. I will say an addendum, though, and this is something I brought up earlier when we were talking, was that whole matching energy we were talking about. Some people like to be very serious. Some people like to go into it. They want to have this RP, RP heavy. They want to, you know, with combat, but they want you to play your characters according to the alignment. They want you to, you know, have a bit more seriousness, serious tone to them. Some people want to go in, and it's fucking Monty Python, the quest with Holy Grail. Just silly, goofy... There's still a, a story about it, but it doesn't mean a bad thing. Most D&D groups fall in the middle. There is serious moments. There's there's silly moments. You know, in, in my main campaign, we had, Cal, as I brought up earlier, uh, a staple in the party died saving one of the party members. Cal Curl dies. It causes, causes a rift in the party and the entire faction because of his death. We also had a part where uh, one of our guys got fucked by a changeling that he met at a bar because he wanted to have sex with it, and then it flew out as an owl. And the rest of the party thought he was fucking an owl. There's a balance <laughs> between the very serious moments and these very silly moments because it is a it again. There is no nobody's telling you that you have to do one or the other or both. It is your world to tell as a DM. But the energy matching is what's important. If you have one person who's very serious about playing and three people that aren't, and I don't mean, and I'm not saying that they aren't serious about playing, I should say one person who really wants to seriously RP their character and three people that want to um, be the knights who say me, 
it's very difficult to really bring that group together cohesively and move forward as a, in, in the story versus, you know, three very serious characters and the one silly person. It's also kind of difficult to to have that serious tone get abruptly broken by the dude who's like, look at the cheese wheel. And it has no context, but it's still kind of funny. No, but here's the here's the thing is I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. No, no. But there there like you said, there is a balance because you can also make that work. The very thing that you're saying that needs to like there has to be that energy or whatever. Yeah. We had like my my last campaign that we started and never got to finish, we got like five or six sessions into. Yeah. We had um Keanu was playing a very, very, very RP like solemn uh like stoic very stoic very like strong but also kind of struggling with his own inner demons along with like the love of his his god uh paladin who met this character doru who was a a vampiric bard (laughs) and like all dory wanted to do was fuck him (laughs) and like all chud wanted to do was like complete his mission his like his you know my pilgrimage first off off, i want to say as the man who rp doru i never wanted to have sex with him explicitly it was inferred through context but i never Uh, once openly said i wanted to take chud and make his saint pound mine okay maybe not openly but it was it was said to the dm (laughs) oh 100 percent that's also because, you know, ch- okay, so, and also to give a little context, to be fair, I was sitting there one evening, and I literally get two hours before the session a text, you want to play D&D tonight and be a, a RP a character for me? Want to be a character? Sure. <laughs> Fuck it. What do, you, what do you need him to be? Anything you want. All right. So I came out uh, and as this just eccentric vampire submissive fucking character oh yeah very yeah. it was honestly, a lot of fun though like it was one of the most fun characters i've ever played just because but the problem with playing doru was man i had to that was high energy all the time it was very but, it's, but, it's, but at the same time like the reason that that campaign didn't work out was the very reason that we loved it so much is because it was that high energy and there was that dynamic, but we were playing with a bunch of people, and this is nothing against those people whatsoever, but we were playing with a bunch of people who uh, were very story-driven, and they were this is like their first or second time playing, so they had no fucking idea what was going on. They thought it was, they thought it was like there, there was this trifecta uh, you know like we're, we're buddies. buddies and we're just hanging out and we're kind of fucking them over you're like they they're getting all the rp we're you know and it's just like that's not what happened you just need to step out of your boundaries a little bit and play you know get into it rp some yeah and that's yeah. one thing like as a veteran player when i go into new groups i don't I try to hog the limelight but i will rp a little heavier at the start try to be it's kind of like that t- it's kind of like that um uh what's the term like a siren in the water just kind of like come on come on yeah you like have to, to be the example them into it like yeah. like look at me being ridiculous nothing you can do could be worse than what i'm doing and i love to i love to be the jackass that makes a fool of himself so somebody feels more comfortable jumping in and sometimes you need that with new players what and oh, i will tell you this though right now People like, like Keanu was saying earlier, 
when he stepped out of his shell and really started RPing, getting into it, it feels so good from a player and a DM perspective, watching somebody feel comfortable enough to just fucking get into it and just be like, you know what? I'm going to RP too. I'm going to get into this. That play, because there's always seems to be a holdout player who kind of like pulls it back a little bit and kind of holds on to it. And they finally like really throw themselves in the RP once. And then it's, it's, it is like a beautiful moment. It's like watching the underdog win a gold medal at the Olympics. You're just like, he did it. Look at him. <laughs> like there's, there is no context I've ever been in where somebody threw themselves an RP and everyone was like, you're a fucking idiot. Like it has always yeah. been like, like, like I've been, ex- I'm as, as, as a and D player, and again, like I said, as a as a vet, a veteran D and D player, I just get excited watching people just throw themselves into it. It's one of my favorite things in the world because it's just like they're they're, they're feeling it. They're they're the spirit has grasped them, and they're just going, and they're they're they don't care anymore, and they're just being their character. They're being themselves. They're being whatever they want to be, you know, in in a D and D setting. I would agree that, like you know. Like one of the moments where I felt like I was really coming out of my shell was when I was playing Quangus. And like I I just had the freedom to be this fucking weirdo. And to be completely honest, like Quangus very he like kind of directly impacted the way that I play Bulby because I'm not like so stuck in these like patterns of being someone more like me. I'm not afraid to like do something that I wouldn't do. Like, you know, Bulby has his reservations, right? But he sometimes does things that I like me as a person, I wouldn't fucking do it. <laughs> but uh playing Quangus and like being able to like jump into somebody like just completely batshit fucking crazy. Someone who's stuffing like notes in his wet fucking cloak and like just being this absolute fucking madman like i i think that like like significant notes like notes that the party fucking needs he put them in his mouth (laughs) i don't i don't remember if you guys remember that but he he took he took the job posting and put it in his mouth because he didn't want anybody to steal it But just being able to play like somebody who kind of unravels a little bit, like it just opened up so many doors for me. I don't feel nervous role playing like whatsoever at all anymore. Like I can pretty much just jump into any character and just be like, let's fucking go, you know? Yeah. Anything to add on that, Nick? On to your, your two favorite uh, classes? No. Um, I uh, I stick by sorcerer and rogue, and we got a little sideways topic on it. Uh, that's gonna happen. I mean, you, anybody who knows us is know that that's gonna happen. And so. anybody who would be listening to this for the first time is now learning that very heavily that it's it's it is a rabbit hole. But um, sorcerer and rogues definitely, I would I would say are are two of the most fun classes for myself to play in, and I always think they're a great class for people to really dive into. Um, Dale. What are your two? All right. We've been friends for a very long time. I'm now. very concerned now. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> so, so you two definitely have a, a at least an inkling of an idea of what my favorite characters are. First, First and, and foremost, Warlock. Warlock. Warlock is just... There's just something about a fucking... Yeah. Me, I, the type of player I am is I don't focus too much on the 
encounters or like the, the combat of of a character or the combat of a story I'm, I'm i'm all about the story and i'm all about story progression and if you want a character that's gonna give and force or story, story progression. progression into the campaign it's a fucking warlock and it's and it's, it's it's all, all forced. forced by his fucking backstory even if he doesn't have one there's, there's one. one there because he made a pack which means a deal for anybody listening that doesn't oh. know with a patron or a person or entity of power that he has to follow through on, which means that sometime in this campaign, it's going to come up and he's going to force story progression. You know, Warlock, Warlock is... is just one of those, is one of those characters. That's like, um, if he doesn't follow through on his, on his mm-hmm. side, his side of the deal, his powers are gone. And then how, how is he going to help the party? So guess what? Chances are the party's going to help him fulfill that pact. <laughs> also, uh, uh, story progression right there. Can I uh, jump in? Just say something real quick. It's just it's more of a comment than anything. Um, but your love for warlocks is something akin to a man who had sex for the first time without a condom. That shit just hit different. Like yeah. <laughs> and your love for it is just so much. It's just but, it's just such a beautiful class, and it's like it's so well rounded. Maybe, maybe not so much on the combat aspect because. It's bread and butter is Eldritch Blast, Eldritch Blast, Eldritch Blast. But, but when it comes to every other aspect of the game of D&D, a warlock can do it, or a warlock has that. You know, and I, if there's just something about being able to force story progression onto somebody and onto the party that, that just... Plus, I, I, I love RP. That's my favorite thing in the whole wide world, and that's my favorite thing about D&D, is being able to interact with my friends being able to be somebody I'm not because <laughs> and, and just being in this fantasy world, you know, and it's like, it's, it's a care. I want to explore this fantasy world. I don't give a fuck what creatures live in this fantasy world. I want to talk to people. I want to talk to the, to the, the innkeeper. I want to talk to random people on the street and find out what's going on with them. Um, and like I said, like the force of the story progression, even force of side quests and stuff like that, the warlock you can guarantee is going to find it. All right, so Warlock, that's a fairly solid choice. I, I dig that. What's your I, second I, one? Oh, sorry. I, mine will be after his death. Second is, and I'm only going to say this because, because Nick is going to fucking hate me, but it's a monk. It is. Playing Ebo has been the most fun I've had. And the reason is because if you want to find a class that's going to make the DM's life a living fucking hell. Make <laughs> a book. You want to know why? Because a lot of the time, because my level, my level, my level five, five, I had an AC of twenty, which is the highest AC that you could have in the game, unless you, unless you're, uh, what is it, fighter or barbarian, can get to twenty one. Uh, Wrath at level one had a nineteen AC. That's what I'm saying. But like, <laughs> but you, oh, but you remember, remember monks are on armor, so they have an armor class. Of 20, 20, but they're, but they're unarmored, unarmored not wearing armor. Second, second, second so they're, so they're almost impossible to hit unless you roll really fucking high. Well, after you get past level 10, it starts happening more consistently, but you... And you, then you, you, you projectiles, you can catch, you can reduce damage. the damage taken by projectiles, and if you reduce it to zero, you get to throw them back at the DM. <laughs> also, Part of, part, their, of their, part of their part of that one of their passive uh traits is is like a feather fall. Like you can you can fall, fall 
five five five, five feet for every level that you have. He doesn't say, say my monk is level eleven, which means I can fall fifty five feet. Or it's, like, it's like I can reduce the damage by fifty five hit points. I once, I once fell a, almost a hundred feet off of a dragon's back and land a three point landed it without taking any damage. It's like if you want to if you want to destroy okay. combat encounters for a DM, pick a monk and just <laughs> just watch your watch your DM just fucking melt in front of you. <laughs> yeah, and it's like one of the things is like when you're playing with monks and they're like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna attack with my staff and then I'm gonna get my second attack with my uh with my unarmed strike and then I'm gonna do flurry of blows and then I'm gonna spend a key point and do a stunning strike and I'm like. Just fucking end your turn. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm. Have you been DMing against a monk for the last year? Fuck you. <laughs> no, but I've been playing with monks for like the last year. <laughs> and it's not. If it's not Dale, it's fucking Patty. <laughs> yeah, I was. I must say, I was waiting for fucking for that shit to happen. Like, dude, honestly, I wish Patrick would take me up on that fifth. fifth this is a digression. We can cut this out, but I wish Patty would have taken that up on the on the fifth seat option because that's yeah. after that's my last amount of like if we want to have one more person join in now's kind of a perfect time to have a fifth. I just think that like you know I, to be honest, like I'm a little bit biased because Patty is my uncle, but it has been so much fun. Like especially with his role as Keely in the micro campaign. Like he's like my little uh he's like my little watchdog and I I actually kind of love it like <laughs> especially since it came in with like no backstory like he doesn't know anything about us except like what we are and like how we present ourselves to him I just think that's super cool like dude I no I and I agree I love it man like it's he's been just a blast to play with and it's really it's very rare to find that in people like it's it's. And that's that's something I think we haven't touched on really as much as far as the intro D and D. But really, finding your group is something that feels awesome. You know, I'm so expressionate. Like I love being able to like tell this deep and satisfying story, and then all of a sudden, something that you guys had no fucking idea was going to happen happens, and Patty's just like, (laughs) (laughs) it's like like, that's that's such a fulfilling like feeling for a DM. Here's my thing for an audience now that we have a minor audience that watches us it feels really bad when i do these massive story moments with you guys off screen for everyone yeah because like like i am so i can't tell you anything that john hasn't already told you for yenry's backstory yenry oakenhill is the ranger in our in our long-term campaign that we've been playing for multiple years um Yenry's backstory was the first one I came up with. He was the first one to send me a big blurb, and I wrote this intricate backstory and something that is soul crushing. I loved it as far as it goes for a character, for what he gave me, what I made, and what ended up happening naturally through role playing and through the campaign itself. To to pull the blindfold off of him was was. Storytelling satisfaction, I could only akin to orgasming after freebasing. I just, I, I can't, like, I can't make it happen again, and I hate it. But it's something that only I, it's just the two of us saw. Only two of us were in on it, you know what I'm saying? And it was, it was awesome, though. Like, it was such a great feeling. And that's, like, one of those things, and something we haven't really talked as well, as much on tonight as well is that being the DM is also just can be just as satisfying as being the player. It does take more effort and more work, but to see the story come to fruition, to see your players be excited 
about what you've told your the the things you've done for the backstory of their character for the story itself or anything you know xyz in between it's such a great feeling you know? yeah 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 it is i can't wait for for kyoto to experience his first free basic orgasm i wanted to go through and like write my own story for everything but honestly like i might just pick up a book and just like fucking go with it like and I, have, and I have I have the entire library that you could use at any point. You know, I have if you're looking for one shots, I have the new candle keep mysteries, which is all it's a book of one shots. Uh, but yeah, also did, I have did, all the other campaign books, so Yeah, dip your toe in the water, honestly, as a DM. Yeah. And like dude, Anthony, the first time he DM'd, he did he did off the cuff on our first little campaign. It was a little rough. The first time I DM'd was off a book. First time Josh, our main staple DM growing up through high school, DM'd was on a through a book. Um, so you know, there's like some people go like, "Oh, if you're a DM, you better come up with a great story." Things that there is no required. Figure out the intricacies of being a DM and being a DM for your group. What are people going to ask you consistently? What things you really need to take into consideration with the people you're playing with? Things like that. That uh, go, it goes a long way. Like I said, it's matching each other's energies. the The group is important, but it is just as important for the group to. Um, uh, let me rephrase this: it is important for the DM to worry about the group and what they need, what they want. But it's yeah. also just as important for the group to think the same thing towards the DM. Your friend, your friend, nine times out of ten, not some random person from the street took their time and their effort to make a story for you. Something for you to dive into, a sandbox to play in. He wants you to have a good time. He wants to tell a story. The best thing you can ever do for your DM is just give, put your all out there. That's it. Because the hardest thing for somebody to do, especially if you're all new players, a new DM and new player characters, is to not put it out there because then it's hard to match. It's hard to your DMs putting it out there for you, but you're not really giving anything to them. And, and the story, can't, you, you can't do much with that. You can't progress things. It's you're forcing things to happen. All right. You know, and that's one thing that, you know, that, that a lot of people don't really seem, a lot of people don't tend to think about that kind of stuff is your, your DM puts a lot of time and effort to everything that they do for you. You know, you tip your barber, you tip your waiter. If you're a good person, and you you know you don't but you don't tip your dm you might bring them snacks but a lot of people don't tend to bring snacks for their dm all right i'm just saying when you're at home sleeping on not on a non dnd night your dm is writing when you're having a good time with your pets all right your dm is writing combat encounters. When you're at home having sex with your girlfriend or boyfriend or anything in between, your DM is there working on the goddamn campaign. Here's the, here's the thing. Is that, Were you working the on the campaign last night, Dale? Yeah, here's the thing is that he's not he's not wrong. And just to put it in perspective, just last week I had I had over 30 combat encounters written for for one single session, and they have seen one of them. <laughs> all the, all the other ones, ones have been deleted. 
so it's so like, it's like i you have because like, as a dm you have to think of everything you have to think you have to try to think of everything but but that was a little bit off tangent. That was my fault. Let's let's pull um, really back in. Nick was saying, was saying something about, about not forcing, forcing things yeah, and making it, it feel natural. natural. With that being said, that's the reason that Warlock is my favorite is my favorite class because I just love forcing story progression. <laughs> Hate it. Hate it. But it's accurate. Um I do uh if if we have a chance to hit this, I have a question. Um, here from uh, chat. I was actually, actually going to do, the, right after that question was, this is actually coming towards the end of the podcast, so this is the section that I want to have for, for anybody in chat to ask questions about stuff, and then any final thoughts from you two or myself, questions or anything like that, that we could get into. Um, so this one is coming in from Hellion. Um, he says, do you allow yourself to, or yeah, do you feel you allow yourself to do things like to kind of let loose in RP as a play off of the DM. Like, do you kind of adjust your role playing based on the DM you're playing with, or do you just kind of go in playing as your character and then just hope that the DM can like accommodate for that? Um, so I, I don't know. What do, what do you guys think about that? I think I'm going to, I'm going to just, shoot it from the dm perspective because that's what i do more often than actually being a player um and that is 90 percent of dming is flying off the cusp and you just like it's it's all off the seam of your pants and you just have to you have to be able to adjust to your players so i find myself 90 percent of the time even though i've written this extravagant uh, story and all these encounters that not even like combat encounters, but like yeah. they're going to meet all these people. All these people have character, character sheets. sheets and all that stuff. They may not meet half the people. So I, and they may not talk or ask the questions that I expect them to. So 90% of DMing for me is all improv and it has, it's based off of how the players interact with characters around them. But with that being said, the other aspect is I'm 100% one of those RPers that, that all that, uh, base my RP off of the party around me. If the if the party is going to be RPing, then I'm going to be head headstrong. If they're not going to be RPing, then I'm going to try to force a little bit of RP. If that doesn't work out, then I'll 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 stand back a little bit. Nick, what do you think about that? Uh, me personally, now I like I said, man, it's it's kind of my theme for introduction in D&D is, is really finding that matching energy is finding people that you, the, the style you want to play is, is feeding back into yours and with a DM it, I have been there when it's that awkward encounter of hey look at me RP and they fuck it with my character and play exactly how I want to play around a group of new players and a DM who's kind of eh? Yeah. He thinks I'm kind of stealing the spotlight or things like that I might have been in the eyes of him and everybody else, but to me, I was just trying to RP a character. That's it. You know, and, you know, when you, it's hard to find a, you know, a proper interaction when it comes to the people around you in D&D. You're already trying to play somebody who's not you. And now you're trying to do that in a group of people who are also doing that with somebody who's trying to tell a story around that. So it's it's really difficult if it's not like if it's not it's not even so much matching energy. It's 
just toler being tolerant or being accepting of like, okay, let's figure out what's going on. Let's like 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 having a DM who's more understanding, I should say, not really tolerant, but more understanding. Like, okay, okay. So this is your character. This is your character. This is your character. This is your character. You know, and like, and everybody else around you also understanding. Okay, this is how this person plays, and trying to have some empathy towards each other. Going, okay, that's not you. This is your character. Let's let's find a way to make this work. Let's try to naturally, you know, move this along. And that's something that's difficult to really hone in on in, in an initial reaction with, with other players is going like, okay, so your character is kind of all in it for themselves. My character isn't. How do I make us work? You know? And then the DM has to also dance around all of that while trying to move the story forward. Yeah. Right. So it's really a different, difficult thing to hone in on, but I, I really think it comes down to how the players the players and the DM really putting the eff- the same effort. I think that's really more important. If your DM's putting forth effort and you're not, it's going to fail. If you're putting a ton of effort in and your DM isn't, it's going to fail. You have to really put in I'm not even saying you have to put in the same effort, but you guys got to put in enough effort for each other to be able to work off one another. You know, you he can't tell the story if you're play if your your you know, your character isn't doing anything. It makes right. it hard or impossible. So let's, let's like get get through like just find synergy find that group that you have that synergy with that you guys can work well together and like, and like even if it's a new group you may not know you're going to work well until you're three or four sessions in but eventually it's going to come to that point of you're going to know if you're three or four sessions in and you guys don't have any type of synergy you guys are not playing off of each other it's probably time to find a new group otherwise it's just going to be a dreadful time for everybody that's not, and that's not what D is about it's like you're supposed to have fun I would agree with that. Yep. What about you, Keanu? I think that um, to an extent, like I do kind of play my character's RP based off of how responsive the DM would be. But like also I go in like once I have a character kind of like structured and I know how I want them to act like once I have like a backstory set and everything like. I think that. For me, at least, I need to play it as I would, regardless of who the DM is. So the DM is either going to love my character or they're going to fucking hate it. And, like, if they hate it, fuck it. Like, that's just the way that it goes. Um, But I feel like I, like, will almost, to a fault, like, play my character how they should be played, regardless of how open-minded the DM would be. That makes sense. But that's the thing is that you have to find a DM that is, like you say, open minded, but like versatile, open minded, and they just like they have such a love for the game that they're not gatekeeping it. Like let yeah. people be who they want to be, and like unfortunately, even to this day, no matter how popular D and D has gotten, it's still being like it's still constantly uh, having people gatekeeping it. You know, <laughs> stopping people. There's people like, like, uh, I'm not going to point out any names or anything, but there are people that I've talked to that, you know, they're afraid, afraid of playing D&D because um, a DM, was, somebody who DM'd a game one time or a one shot told them it had to pl- be played a specific way and it has to be played this way and they have all these rules. Plus, I have to follow all the rules of actually, the actual game. And it's like, stop gatekeeping. Instead, cool. open people, open, open. Ar- open your arms. 
say, come here, baby birdie. I'll fucking feed you. Yeah. Open, yeah. open up, spit in their mouth a little bit, and just just fucking let them have fun. Yeah. Well, look, I, I will say I disagree with gatekeeping, first and foremost. The only thing I have to say in that is I do understand why some people do it as a re- as a reflection or as a reaction. Because, you know, even as far back as Keanu and I went, you know, we would let me try to phrase this. We were still ostracized for playing D and D. Yeah. Less than, you know, you know, less than ten years ago. This is this is a new mainstream dude, you like, like I'm fucking with you. We it's been yeah. more than ten years. Yeah, I know. It's been fifteen, but I'm just saying up to about ten years, really realistically I'm not saying Stranger Things was the reason, but it certainly helped. Like, it certainly made a huge jump, and people are like, oh, look at that, these guys, these kids, it, it, mainstream media is featuring Dungeons and Dragons. It's not a satanic panic fucking call. You know, D&D had, and it's, again, I don't want to go too far off the rails, but there was, there's a lot, been a lot of issues with D&D as far as people accepting it in, in the normal culture. And even as, I was in the marching band. The marching band <laughs> in high school. We were made fun of by other members in the marching band for playing Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> we were still ostracized and the most ostracized, ostracized group in existence of anything in high school outside of the AV club. We were still made fun of for playing Dungeons and Dragons. We were still the lowest on the totem pole in the marching band. I am not saying that is acceptable behavior to gatekeep. I'm not saying anything in the vein that you should or ever should have gatekept. But I under, I can state I understand having a reflex to it to being afraid of letting other people in because, you know, sometimes it was it was people use that as an advantage. You know, and they would make fun of you for it. They would I've had people that would earn my trust and I would be hesitant to talk to them. And then they would just burn me with that, and they would make fun of me, and they would do all these things. As that's an adult, I don't give a shit. But this is high. This is this is high school. You. To be fair, that's exactly what I've been doing for the past two years that I've known you. Is I've I been know. slowly, I've been slowly creeping into your life and becoming like better and better friends, just so one day I can just fucking tear you down. That's that's the problem. I'm already at zero. <laughs> so. I'm not, and again, like I said, gatekeeping is not okay. It should never be okay, and you shouldn't gatekeep. Let people enjoy things. But I understand why people reflect older people, people, you know, our age and even a little older, even a little younger, are hesitant to, you know, jump openly out with people. I'm not, you know, it's acceptable now. It's normal. People people play D&D. There are streams. We're talking. We're literally recording a podcast talking about Dungeons and Dragons that people apparently want to listen to. That is that is such a norm. But even so, as far back, even so far back as ten years ago, it was not acceptable and it was still frowned upon. Yeah, like, I even- have. It's it's cool though, though because like, like on the, on other, the aspect, other aspect of that, I, and I like I understand what you're saying, but like it's gotten oh, so my- like to the like mainstream now and like it's becoming such a cool thing to be part of now I that i have people like that i worked with who are like 40 50 years old and stuff like that who are just like, like you know i used to play dungeons and dragons in the 80s you know back in the satanic panic 
you know, and I got ostracized for that, and I haven't played since. Yep. But, like, if you have an opening in your campaign, let me know. Let's, uh, I'd like to, like, just hop in. Or if you're doing a one-shot, I'd like to hop in. It's and like, it's like, like, okay. okay, let's fucking do this. Like, somebody, somebody who's, who's as young as I am, like, 28 years, years old, I'm, I'm bringing all these people who are, so you know, part the of the original Dungeons & Dragons community, the people who started it, you know, the people who were the living these games during when everybody thought they, they were worshipping the devil and stuff like that. And I'm bringing them back into and finding their love for Dungeons and Dragons again. And that's such a cool fucking feeling. Yeah. It's, 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 even, it's even cooler that, like, my actual, like, plan with this is to start a cult and actually start worshiping Satan. But they don't know that yet. <laughs> it's called playing the long game. It's Look the it long up. card, yeah. I'm just going to say this. I actually just got a message from Nathan yesterday that said I just started a backstory for a character. Fuck and yeah, he's almost 10 years older than me <laughs> bring it on david please join. <laughs> so like just hearing that like just brought me to that i was just like oh shit like that's actually pretty cool <laughs> with, 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 with that guys like anybody, anybody who's, who's listening right now just if you want to play dungeons and dragons dm me dm keanu dm nick let's, let's get something fucking going because we are willing and we are ready to open our you know um love for dungeons and dragons up and to you new players people who have never played before or people who haven't played in years or people who have been thinking about playing or just you know anybody, anybody yeah. who wants to play dungeons and dragons like we already have a campaign going on but who's to say we can't have something going on yeah. another day of the week and, and if it's a one shot yeah and that's the thing like one shots you know those are like literally i think are are one of the best things that you can do to see whether or not dungeons and dragons is something that's good for you it's literally just one session and you're done you know so who cares if your character dies it's just a throwaway character or you know who cares if you felt ridiculous rping in a certain way like you know unless you're playing unless you're you're playing playing my my one shots because my one shots turn out into four or five hours hours that we we play first session and still don't fucking finish and my one shots turn into a giant meme of arby's and long john silvers i remember that (laughs) yeah that is true or so, I kill all of you. There's, there's, there's no in between. It's either me okay. or I murder the entire party. There's no in between. No, I just, I, I agree. I think that if, if it's something that you've been interested in, but you haven't ever taken the first step on, like reach out. Let us know because, you know, and, that's and look, look, look at me. Look at the everything about me. There's nothing you do that's worse than who I am as a person. <laughs> nothing you can do is as judgmental. As what I do in front of other people. If you want to try D and D and you want to do it in front of me, baby, baby, put your head right here. I'll carry you to the promised land. Because people yeah. hate me much more than hate you. Preach or it. be embarrassed by you. We're here for you. And you and, he, and you. And one final call out to the just the D and D community as a whole. And it's like not everybody in it, but just like stop gatekeeping. Let people play. Let people have fun. Let people know, enjoy you, things, okay? Yeah. yeah. You don't always have to be right, so shut the fuck up. Unless you're Take, a furry, you can fuck off then. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. We appreciate furries here <laughs> on the Boozy Bumbo channel, okay? <laughs> oh, cu- sorry. Uh, sorry. Again, meme value. I'm so, I apologize. <laughs> Not the furry community. Fuck off. <laughs> but but I want, I want to open up the floor just for another minute or so. Any final, Any final questions, questions that, that the chat might have? pertaining to these this this, this session 
and if it's a question about something so far out um i'm sure we'll get to it we'll get to it in another session nick keanu or what's your guys' final thoughts and then i'm gonna do a small recap um go ahead my final thoughts on getting introduced into dungeons and dragons is you know like we said in the beginning is literally just go for it you know find a group of people that you really vibe with off like not in D D, but just like in general find people that you vibe with and just try it like i feel like that's one of the like i've played with a lots of new people and it's just getting them into it for the first time is probably the hardest part and then after that like most people that play it that are interested in it they fall in love with it and you just you just have to take that first step of you know slipping into a character whether it be somebody you model off yourself or something ridiculous and just fucking roll with it and and just you have to just fucking do it and um I don't know. Like that's that's how I did. Like when me and Nick were playing when we were, you know, 13 years old, we had no idea what we were doing. We we were obviously fucking dumb, but uh we just rolled with it and here we are 15 years later as grown ass men just playing Dungeons and Dragons every week because it's it's still like a part of our lives and I think that that is truly something to kind of marvel at. Nick So here's my final thoughts. I unabashedly love Dungeons & Dragons. I am not a streamer. I don't know if you can tell that with the fact that I am not promoting a stream tonight. I have streamed once as a defiant point against Boozy. Because fuck him. (laughs) But I genuinely love Dungeons & Dragons. It is one of the most fun things I've ever done in my lifetime. It is one of the best things I can ever do with the rest of my lifetime. I love to spread it. I love to talk about it. That's the reason why I'm here. I enjoy just talking about it. I don't care about any success that comes with this podcast. If one person finds this interesting and wants to pick up Dungeons & Dragons from this, that's all all that matters to me. It's all that I care about. This whole point in this intro is that we're talking about something we're all passionate about. We're all talking about something that brought us together, not just as friends, but know as as weird nerdy role players that also doesn't involve leather so there's that but (laughs) i you know ultimately it's the whole the whole takeaway and ultimately is find a group find the people you want to play with and play if you can't talk to us if you can't if you don't want to talk to us talk to somebody if you want to just find places or things or anywhere in between to get into Dungeons & Dragons, we will find a way for you. We will send... I, I personally can send links to different sites that can let you look for groups. You can find your local comic book shop. We can find it for you. But here's my thing. This is an awesome game. And I think everybody should be as passionate as we are about it. Not because we enjoy it. Because it's that just fucking amazing it is something that somebody started in the 1970s that survived criticism the catholic church 
a satanic panic, the 90s, early 2000s, 4th edition, because that should have fucking killed it outright. And here we are now in 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons as a mainstream medium. I just hope people can learn to love it as much as we do. It's a game for literally everybody. I don't care what type of person you are. This game has something for you in it. You can be who you want to be. You can be where you want to be. And you can be when you want to be. You can do whatever you want. Whenever you want. This game has something that can and will appeal to every single person on this planet. All you got to do is try. So just like they were saying, go, have fun, play Dungeons and Dragons, find a group. You can fall in love. You can, you can, uh, torture your friends. You can laugh. I mean, there's, this is a game that like, and you don't get this very often, but this is a game where you can be angry, where you can be happy, where you can, where you can shed a tear with your, with your best friends, you know, because something terrible happens. Um, where you can laugh until you fall out of your chair. Like, this is a game of pure emotion. And, the, and like, in the purest form of emotion. This is a game that is so close to real life in a fantasy world. And it has something for everybody in it. And I will stand by that. And that's the reason that I fucking love Dungeons and Dragons. With that being said, do we have any other questions? Perfect. Thank you you guys so much. Keanu, Nick, chat, those those of you who are going to be listening to the recorded version either on YouTube or Spotify or iTunes. Thank you guys for just allowing us to talk to you for two and a half hours about our love for Dungeons and Dragons and try to convince you just to give it a fucking try. We went over classes today, not all of them, and we will, I promise you, we will go over every single class in detail on this podcast. Aggressive detail. Yes. (laughs) We are going to get off tangent. We're going to get back on. We're going to talk about every aspect of the game that we know and aspects that we don't know, but we're going to, we're going to do research on, you know, because yes, it's that big of a game that we don't know everything, believe it or not. (laughs) But thank you guys for listening to episode one of the W's and Dragons podcast. Episode, episode Episode two. two. Will be, be out next Friday, next Friday at August the same time. Twenty seventh. Sorry. Yep. We'll we will. We will be streaming it once again here, August twenty seventh. Uh, same, same time, same, same place. place. Uh, uh, we. Expect you can expect this first episode to be up on YouTube by, I'd say, Tuesday or Wednesday. I don't have that set in stone yet. Uh, and then hopefully we'll have the audio ripped, the edited audio ripped, and ready to be put out on Spotify by Friday. Friday. Because I would like to get on the schedule of episode one comes out on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play when episode two 
um, is being streamed live. So that it'll always be an episode behind yeah, yeah. on the actual audio edition. But thank, but you, thank guys. you guys. Yeah, I, I'd like to say that this was a lot of fun, and uh, I am very much looking forward to next week. <laughs> Me too. Uh, I I would like to say that moving forward, this was our first, and but we do have some exciting things planned. We're going to have weekly drinks uh, that we're going to roll dice on. Um, mixed drinks from the uh, what Dungeon, Dungeon Meister. Meister. The Dungeon Meister. Um, so we'll be uh, rolling up D&D themed and inspired drinks from an official, in a, a official uh, book for alcohol. And, <laughs> uh, and we'll also be looking at different topics. And we'll be, we're talking about having some round robin hosts I'm not talking work. about it. Actually, I need you, uh, Nick. I need you to roll a d4 right this fucking second. Okay. If it's one a one or two, two you're hosting next week. If it's a three four or four, Keanu is a host. All right. There it is. Ladies and gentlemen, I have to do work this week. <laughs> yeah. Nick <laughs> will, will be the host of episode two. two. Once again, Friday, Friday August twenty seventh. Same time, same place. I also want to add that if you are watching this and um, you want to be a part of this, you want to be a guest host here on the show, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, you can reach out to me, uh, Boozy Bumbler, on Twitter, at Boozy Bumbler, or you can reach out to Dale on Twitter, uh, at K-7K, it's C-A-E-D-U-S-7K. Uh, reach out to us on Twitter. Reach out to us uh, if you're in the Discord server that we have. Feel free to reach out to us there. Um, I mean, we're going to be... we're Now that we have this kind of established, we want to kind of, you know, keep our options open, and we'd be more than willing to take guest hosts uh, or even just people that just want to be a part of the conversation here uh, in the podcast as well. So They didn't mention me because I don't have social media. <laughs> Fuck also, you, social also. media. <laughs> One last, last thing. If you guys enjoyed the podcast tonight, which I see a couple of you did. Thank you, Bobo Kitten. Thank you, Boozy. Um, um, if you guys enjoyed the podcast, feel free to just let us know on, on social media or in the Discord that it was, you know, you had fun. Yeah. You had even half as fun as, as we did just because we would like to see it. And it doesn't help us in any way. And I'm not going to be one of those bullshitters that says every like helps us out. It doesn't. Who, we don't give a fuck. We just know that, hey, you I'll guys be one of those fucks. Uh, every time, you know, like word of mouth is some of the best, like, you know, advertising when it comes to social media content, whether it's like through Twitch or Twitter or, you know, whatever. So like, you know, we do appreciate it. It's not something that we like actively ask for per se, but it's something that we notice and we definitely appreciate. Literally just, just say, say nice things, things about us because we always say, we always say terrible things about each other and about ourselves. <laughs> so, so say nice things about us because we like to read that kind of stuff. I don't give a fuck if you tell anybody about the podcast. I would like you to, but I don't give a fuck either way. <laughs> All right. Because I'm here with my friends. I'm drinking and I'm having a good time. Yep. I'm with him. I'm here because I don't have social media. I don't stream. I'm here because I can <laughs> drink and talk about Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Man, this is a good. This is a good time. This is a very good time. I like good it. Good fun. Yeah. Is that is that a wrap? Are we done? That's a wrap, boys. That's nice a wrap one. on episode one. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in some claps real quick.